You're about to listen to Kelly Martin Speaks. I'm your host, Kelly, and the author of When Everyone Shines But You, a mental health and self-acceptance blogger and a recovering darkness addict. I have experienced intense anxiety, deep depression and life trauma, but I'm coming out of the other side now. Darkness was a comfort zone for me for a long time, and it felt safer than the light. So in this podcast, I share with you my journey into the light and how I move through challenge in an empowering way. I'll share with you tools and nurturing ways to embrace your humanity. I was once a shy, scared introvert, afraid to speak, but that's all changing. Let's take this journey together and learn to fly. Hi there, welcome back to Kelly Martin Speaks. I'm your host Kelly Martin and this is episode 86. Now, this week a bit of a continuation from last week. I am a bit poorly, I have a viral infection and I've been cooped up indoors for nearly a week now so my apologies if I sound a bit bunged up in my nose or croaky in my voice because I've been coughing almost non-stop for fair few days now so but I wanted to get this podcast out anyway and there's also a full transcript on my blog Kelly Martin Speaks if my voice is a bit more difficult to listen to this time. So today I'm going to talk about why walking on eggshells around certain people can be damaging to your self-esteem and and how it's important to stop doing it. I think many of us are accustomed to walking on eggshells Certain people, they really bring that out in us, especially volatile personalities. And we walk on eggshells for safety, it's a natural instinct, but when does walking on eggshells become more toxic and what can we do about this? For me, it started at school with the typical school bully. You knew you had to keep your head down, you had to keep quiet or say only things that they would be okay hearing. I was a shy and quiet child, so I pretty much hid away from this kind of situation. But I've also had my fair share of walking on eggshells with people for a very long time. The hardest part is that you know you have something to say, something to offer, but you simply can't share it because if it does not match the belief system or the narrative of the volatile person, you know you will get shot down and and sometimes abused so you keep quiet, suppressing your authentic voice. And sometimes families have long, lengthy patterns of walking on eggshells around one another. These patterns can often be tracked back through the ancestors, where mothers or fathers have learned to behave towards their children in a certain way or behave in volatile ways towards siblings. It's a learned response within families, which is often carried on down through the generations. An example can be when women or men in families All have volatile tempers, but nobody has ever questioned this. 
So it just continues as if this was normal and okay behaviour, through into the next generation and on and on, until someone finally stops and thinks and changes. Now I know I learned my temper from my family. I learned to express anger in a volatile way. But I also learned quickly that it was okay for some to express anger, but not okay for me. In other words, adults were allowed, children were not. And because of this, I learned to hide my feelings and and this became toxic. I was taught by example to see anger as a way to get what I wanted, but at the same time, I was giving the contradictory message that anger was wrong. Fortunately, I've learned over the past few years that anger is a powerful emotion, that it's not necessarily bad, because it also is the birthplace of creativity and fire. And yes, anger can be toxic, but only if we internalise it in a shame-based way or use it to harm others. So when we are brought up in a dynamic where anger is both right and wrong, who do we attack apart from us, from others? We attack ourselves. We express this anger. And then we feel guilty for expressing it and toxically shame ourselves for expressing it. Or, in the case of what I'm talking about on this podcast, we develop a more volatile personality and project it completely onto other people. And we don't take any responsibility whatsoever for our emotions. And everyone responds differently according to their childhood programming. Some will mimic the emotions of a parent or primary caregiver and become the angry, volatile person regardless of circumstance. Whereas others may shut down, keep quiet, not express themselves for fear of receiving the wrath of others. This is very common in families. I was just talking to some friends in my private group on Facebook. How many of them relate to walking on eggshells around family? And how most have at least one or more family members who everyone just gives a wide berth to. It saddens me that this is the case because often the person who is volatile may feel very misunderstood, but... Instead of seeing that people around them are watching what they say and keeping quiet, they may internalise this as believing that they are disliked or hated. But it's not that. People are just protecting themselves from angry energy. No one wants to feel on the defensive 24-7. Over a year ago, I decided I was no longer going to walk on eggshells. I decided I would start to speak up, not bow down to the demands of others and to acknowledge my right to an opinion and a voice. It was an uncomfortable change for me to finally change my life script. Because not everyone will like the new script, especially those who found the quiet, nice, kind, people-pleasing me more tolerable. And this is where we look at those we walk on eggshells around. Is it worth it anymore? 
What have we got to lose by speaking up or walking away from them? If we are honest, nothing. True, authentic relationships are based on trust and a feeling of safety. We feel safe to express who we are and be who we really are. If we have never felt able to express who we are, why should we stick around or be kind to those who have never acknowledged our right to a voice? And let's not forget, some people have an emotionally unstable personality disorder, where you could talk about something minor or something most people would not even be offended or upset about, and they fly off into an instant rage or a tirade of abuse. I know people like this. It gets exhausting having to walk on those eggshells to keep the peace. It also gets so tiring having to second-guess what to say to keep them happy or to stop them flying into an angry rage. Nobody should have to live like this. Now, I know certain conditions like emotionally unstable personality disorder or borderline personality disorder are common and we often approach mental health issues with compassion and understanding, specifically for those with those conditions. But I think sometimes we need to face how interacting with volatile people feels and start making choices that are empowering for ourselves too. Because our mental health is equally as important. People who have volatile personalities can often have a distorted sense of self, a deep experience of paranoia, and because of this they are on the lookout for perceived wrongdoings, criticism and conflict. Living with or interacting with someone like this can leave people feeling that they are never good enough and are not appreciated. While the volatile personality believes that their view of reality is more important, the person in the firing line will be made to feel less than. And communicating with an emotionally unstable person can be seriously draining to the point when you just stop talking, you stop speaking up for yourself, especially if you have low self-esteem or low self-confidence. The volatile person becomes a bully by not allowing others to say, see things differently, to the point where whole families or friends may simply stay clear for the fear of engaging the wrath of the emotionally unstable person. Much like a narcissistic personality disorder, volatile emotional personalities will not see anything they are doing as unacceptable. Instead, they will be always projecting and pointing fingers outwards to those they see as in the wrong. And when you're in an eggshell relationship with a partner, a friend, a family member or a work colleague, you may feel a lot of different things. Now, Joe Navarro from Psychology Today says that the following may apply to the emotionally unstable personality. So think about this when you're considering if you're in a relationship or communicating with a person like this. Now, number one, 
displays of intense anger and outbursts are very disproportionate to the circumstances or the event. Number two, since knowing or entering into a relationship with this person, you've become less happy, less confident or less sure of yourself. Number three, the relationship is best described as a roller coaster of highs and lows. Number four, is unable to appreciate the consequences of hurtful statements or behaviour and how it may affect others, including family members or society. Number five, behaves in ways that at times are inappropriate or outrageous. Number six, with some frequency seems to fall apart or gets angry under the slightest stress. Number seven, arguments that should last a few minutes may go on for hours or days with no effort to ameliorate or end them. Number eight, the smallest of instances causes him or her to become angry and to lash out. Number nine, there are reoccurring instances of fighting, arguing or physical confrontations. Number 10, verbal altercations or arguments seem to be a way of life, even with total strangers or even service providers such as a doctor. Number 11, you just can't seem to relax, chill out or stand down around this person. And I know this well, I've done this. You feel like you're always on guard. Number 12, those who are closest, example, your family, children, spouses, routinely have to check to see what the current mood is. Number 13, is described by others as unpredictable or unstable, or is known to throw things or destroy property. Number 14, claims to forgive but never does. Wrongs, grievances or injustices are remembered specifically for use in future arguments. Number 15, has a short fuse and frustration level is very low. Number 16, seems incapable of consistent empathy, caring or love and yet demands it from you or others. Number 17, you have felt reluctant to speak or to take action out of fear of this person's reactions towards you or that they may hurt themselves. Number 18, you feel trapped by this person in some way. Number 19, uses humiliation as a form of punishment or to put you down in order to elevate their self-esteem. And lastly, number 20, they often lash out, not just with anger, but with rage, at times frighteningly sore. Now, if you recognise yourself in this list, you may need to get help from a therapist or counsellor to give you the strength to walk away, especially if they've become violent. But equally so, if you sense that you may have an emotionally unstable personality, you may also benefit from getting help to get to the root cause of 
What is hurting so much that life has become so intolerable, especially when relating to others? What we need to remember is that we're not responsible for this emotionally unstable person. We're not here to fix them. We cannot fix them. They need to acknowledge that they need help. And until that happens, nothing will change. What you can do if you feel you are in an emotionally unstable relationship is number one, walk away. Get out. If you struggle with this, get the help of a healthcare provider, a friend, or anyone else that can support you. Number two, if the other person is willing, get help as a couple or a mother, daughter relationship, whatever the relationship is, you can get counselling for this. Number three, if you plan to stick around and stay with your partner or have to care for a volatile parent who is maybe sick or elderly, perhaps take take some assertiveness classes or courses. Learn to be stronger in your communication so you can set up more healthy boundaries and feel more empowered. I hope this has helped you if you feel like you're in this experience and you want to sort of move on or have some change there. And I hope my voice has not disrupted your listening today. Hopefully, fingers crossed, by next podcast, I will be feeling a lot better. But I welcome your prayers and healing if you feel like sending it my way. Thanks for listening to this episode of Kelly Martin Speaks. If you have a question or topic you are struggling with, and would like me to answer on an upcoming podcast episode, please get in touch. Your name will be confidential. Email me at kellymartinspeaks at gmail.com or message me on Facebook via my page, Kelly Martin Speaks. And don't forget, if you feel that others are passing you by and the not good enough voices screaming loudly, pop by kellymartin.co.uk to find out all about my books including book one, When Everyone Shines But You. And you can also support my channel via my podcast page on my website, kellymartinspeaks.co.uk, via PayPal, or you can buy a coffee via coffee, or you can buy me a herbal tea. <laughs> I think I need some of that right now, which I'm drinking. I'm drinking a whole gallon load, so I'm going to have to replenish my stock. Until next time, bye for now. You've been listening to my podcast, Kelly Martin Speaks. I'd really appreciate your feedback. If you're listening on iTunes, please give me a review. It helps me be seen and heard by those that need it. You can also follow me on kellymartinspeaks.co.uk where you can read my blogs, find out about my book series and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. I'm also all over social media. So search for me via Kelly Martin Speaks on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. I'll speak to you next week. Bye.